0: Welcome to another Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight we've got all our usual guests, Richard Phillips will be here, Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, Colin Brown of course, Colin's always here. Rod Millman from Columptill will be joining us, and of course we've got our usual equine superstar, all the news and all the fixtures, and an in-depth look at the 1,000 and 2,000 guineas. settle down for the next hour and let's hopefully we can find some winners for you well good evening and welcome to another three valleys radio racing show we've had quite a week with the thousand guineas and the two thousand guineas and we'll be having a good look at those and of course we've got all our usual guests here so hopefully it'll be a good show Um, and we're going to start as we always do with dave wilson and all the racing news
1: Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news in the racing media, which does include Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. To kick us off this week, here's our first story. Esther is 16 years old, chatty, confident and personable, all things she wasn't when she first came to Greatwood. Employable as well, chips in Helen Yeadon, keen that we shouldn't underplay the achievements of the charity she founded 25 years ago and which has since progressed from a simple racehorse rescue centre to a champion of well-being, mindfulness and inclusion, not to mention a pioneer of EAT or, better known as, equine-assisted therapy. With the help of a team of amenable and sensitive former equine athletes, Yeadon and her staff are managing to restore the confidence of young people like Esther, showing them a pathway back to normal relations with the rest of the world and finding them a place in the job market along the way. When she first came here, she wouldn't have agreed to come and talk to a journalist, says Alex Shaw, education and wellbeing lead at the Centre. Formerly a teacher in animal science in South London, Although, in fairness, that doesn't really differentiate Esther from the rest of the population. She was a very nice and never any trouble, but very shy and quiet, and you wanted her to come out of her shell. Now, having been referred to Greatwood near Marlborough by Wiltshire Council as a neat, or what's known as Not in Education, Employment or Training, and just completed her second totally voluntary course as part of what Greenwood calls its Animal Assisted Intervention Programme, Esther is anything but in her shell, a model product of the system, who rode in her formative years and would make, so I'm told, a very good addition to racing's workforce. Except, I want to be a tattoo artist, says Esther, who has joined us having successfully completed her latest assessment. It is an ambition she realises has precious little to do with the horse skills she's learnt, but nobody is upset to hear that she's identified a way forward for herself. The percentage here that go into racing is small, smiles Yeenan, but for the neats it's about steering them into the employment market and serving the wider community. And Esther, who came here having not been able to do anything, is now thinking about the job she'd like to do. It's a success story that warms everybody's cockles as Esther recounts the circumstances that brought her to Greatwood in the first place. She says, I left school at the end of year eight. I got bullied. I didn't have any friends for ages and I got social anxiety. So coming here has built my confidence around horses and people. Esther did a 14-week course and enjoyed it so much that when she was asked if she'd like to come back for a second bite, she had no hesitation. The education has been great, she says, especially the chance to get to know her favourite horse, the youthful 21-year-old 10-time winner Uzbek, formerly trained by Emma Lavelle, but there's more to it than that. Esther continued, I learnt how to clean tack, tack up horses and groom them had great fun and the horses are just nice to be around, calm and relaxing. For me, though, it's about getting out of the house and meeting new people. Outsider here, I don't speak to many people, but I've spoken to everyone here and they're all really nice. So I'm happier and more outgoing than I've ever been. Yeadon hasn't entirely given up on Esther, changing her mind in the year and a bit before she's allowed to start her tattooing apprenticeship, but more importantly, she's happy that the e-programme at Greatwood is a case of not only the racing industry helping other people, but also keeping former racehorses in meaningful employment. It may be unfashionable with some animal rights organisations, But a horse who can be trained to work willingly with humans is a precious commodity, and in tandem with the sport's own retraining of racehorses' organisation, RAW, Greatwood is proving the point. RAW have created so many further careers for racehorses, and they've given them a price and made them valuable, enthuses Eden. Without RAW, it would have been a struggle for these horses to have had a career but they've given us funding for five horses that are used for the educational programs, and that means so much to a lot of people. Much-needed cash also comes from the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Trust, whose passionate trustee Nigel Payne not only backs EAT to the hilt, but also believes it should receive proactive backing from the BHA and be recognised by the medical profession as a bona fide means of helping those suffering with all manner of mental health problems. It was, after all, originally created to treat US war veterans afflicted by post-traumatic stress disorder, so has a pedigree that is hard to dispute. Social anxiety has increased massively since the pandemic, even in primary school children, and the impact that horses have on children is quite incredible, stress is sure. We use former racehorses exclusively – and while some people might think of them as highly strung and difficult to look after what we see is animals that are so gentle and easygoing they'll have a knee-high five-year-old standing next to them grooming them and they'll practically go to sleep and let them get on with it the potential for good work is enormous and the benefits to disadvantaged pupils is plain to see They are young people and adults who didn't thrive in mainstream education and need that confidence boost, a pathway back, explains Yeadon. If they come here with low self-esteem, you'll find that if they learn to lead up a jolly big half-ton racehorse, that's confidence building in itself. Maybe they've come from a very troubled and challenging background and they've missed a lot of school and fallen behind their peers but our teachers can help them develop their functional skills so they leave here thinking, I can do something, I can be good at something. Given the evident success of EAT at great, surprising pain has led the way in establishing HAIR, the Human-Equine Interaction Register, designed for the purpose of quality control in an emerging sector seeking widespread acceptance. The Princess Royal is a supporter and the racing industry is playing its part although Payne believes the BHA could do more to spread the word. Inner City Riding Schools have become a notable success story, and Greatwood welcomes its role as part of a broader network of partner schools and council departments, from youth offending teams to early help and special educational needs, which ensures that racing's loss, as in Esther's case, can become society's gain rather than a wasted opportunity pupils can be referred by schools or parents in groups or on a one-to-one basis they may end up preferring to work in the greatwood gardens rather than its stables but if they stick with the horses they can leave with an entry-level qualification accredited by first for sport along with a different outlook on life shaw says some of the younger students are struggling after lockdown because they were on their own for so long but they'll end up chatting to everyone chatting to the horses, not having been able to get out of the house to go to school. Through our Horsepower programme, they'll learn about animal welfare needs, diet, shelter, health checking, fear and distress and natural behaviours. We ask them questions they can often relate to. Why are horses in a group not on their own? How do you think they feel if they are left on their own? How do you feel when you're not with your friends? We give them the support they can't always get at school, and you can see their confidence building. Even tiny things that we might think are insignificant can make such a difference to them, and the qualification is an achievement that can be built on to give them a first step back into the world. To watch these disadvantaged youngsters working assuredly is an education in itself, and the credit reflected on our sport a bonus. Some will end up in racing with financial help from Sir Peter's Trust, Godolphin, and others. But more than anything, this is a project about kids and horses. Yeadon says racing pulls its weight and always has done. The trainers, jockeys, everybody have always been very supportive. So the learners get a taste of racing, they see that the horses are treated like kings, and they're happy to do something good for the horses, and the horses love the mental interaction. They're a brilliant tool for allowing students to tell us what they're feeling without talking to us. They'll come in and groom the horses and we can hear what they're saying. Then they'll go back to their teachers and tell them they've just had a chat with Uzbek and the teachers see there's something happening. Grooms or jockeys or tattoo artists, these are young people with chances in life that they might not have had without the help of former racehorses. Next here on the Racing News. Ryan Moore had a pretty surprise obstacle to overcome in an extraordinary start to the listed pretty Polly stakes when a hood thrown by fellow jockey landed on his head and covered his face as the stalls opened. Hoods are placed on horses that are difficult to get into the stalls to be quickly removed by the jockey as the gates open. But when Kevin Stott threw his hood into the air after removing it from eventual second Sumo Sam, it landed on the head of Moore in the stall to his left. The hood covered Moore's face as he rode Floating Spirit through the first few strides of the race before he was able to reach it and throw it to the floor. Floating Spirit, running for Saturday's 2000 guineas, winning trainer Andrew Balding, disappointed in the race, finishing 8th. She had been ridden prominently in her previous two wins at a lower level, but was always in the rear and beaten almost 30 lengths in a race won by Running Lion. Racing TV pundit Martin Dwyer, who won the Pretty Polly in 2008 aboard Sophia's Fire, said, Kevin Stop whips off the blind quickly and throws it across and it lands on Ryan's head. He joked, that's very unsporting, isn't it? Ryan is blindfolded. That's what can happen. If Kevin meant that on purpose, then it's a great shot, especially if he thinks Ryan is his main danger. But Ryan is as unflappable as ever, reaches up and removes it. He looks across towards Kevin and he's probably thinking, I'll give it to him when I pull up. It had no bearing on the race, though. With a mile and a quarter to travel, they all settled down in a nice even pack. It just shows you how things can go wrong. And if that happens in a five furlong race, it can be different next here on the racing news both saeed bin Sarour and weeson murphy have celebrated classic successes in the past but few victories at the summit of the sport will rate more precious than morge's win in the kipco 1000 guineas bin saraw reckoned it was his 195th worldwide group one but it was a first in Britain since Farrar landed the 2013 Championship Stakes and a first strike in a British Classic since Mastery scored in the 2009 St Ledger. For Murphy, it represented a chance to bring closure to a 14-month ban for breaching rules relating to Covid, conduct prejudicial to the sport's reputation and two positive alcohol tests. He only returned to the saddle in February, yet less than three months later he was back in the classic spotlight. Murphy said, I know Frankie Dettori said yesterday that it's beyond dreams to win such big races, but for me to win this, having not been back very long, is incredible. I got a huge buzz out of that because these are such important races. On so many important days, Saeed has been a huge supporter and thanks to him and his team for giving me the leg up. I'm super relieved, really. Despite 20 runners contesting the first Classic of the year for Phillies in Britain, the Thousand Guineas turned into a duel between last season's champion two-year-old Tahira, making just the third start of her career, and Morge, a filly small in stature but big on experience, with five runs to her name at two and two more in the sunshine of Dubai already this year. Morge led into the dip. Tahira joined her coming out of it, but while the eventual winner edged her rival to the right, she always seemed to be holding the runner-up at bay as the line approached. Just half a length separated the pair in the end, but the fact that it was seven and a half lengths back to Matilda Picotti in third suggested two exceptional fillies had fought out the finish. Murphy said, It is lovely to see a classic like that when they go clear and show their class. I was watching Morge's replays again this morning and was thinking, did she really win by eight and a half lengths last time in Maiden? And why did she win so easily? She is clearly just exceptional. Tahira is also top class and it was miles back to the rest of the field. Binseror, who led the way in Britain when Godolphin emerged as a global force on racing's landscape at the turn of the millennium, has had to sit back and watch fellow Godolphin trainer Charlie Appleby dominate in recent seasons. Appleby has repeatedly enjoyed top-level winners across the globe, including two triumphs in the derby. But Binseror never gave up hope of discovering another champion like Morge. Binseror said... Charlie and myself are a good team. He worked for me for a long time and he has become one of the best trainers now. We are good friends. This means a lot as it has been a long time since we won a Classic in England. It means a lot to myself, Godolphin and the sport also. To find a good horse with a smaller number of horses you have to be lucky. When we started out we had very good horses in those days but recently things have been slow with the quality of horses but luckily, when I saw this filly start to work, she showed her class. Not just because of who trained her, Morge's win represented a throwback to the way Godolphin used to target the Guineas. Having wintered in Dubai, she has been back in Britain less than a month, but race fit from the Dubai Carnival and she was at the top of a game. I think this is my 195th Group 1 winner around the world, said the trainer. She is a tiny filly but she has a big heart. Her pedigree has plenty of speed but we tried her over the mile in Dubai and she got it well. I talked to Sheikh Mohammed before we declared her and he agreed to run her. It was a great decision from him and the filly has won well. It's a great boost for the stable. The winner, who holds an entry in the French and Irish 1000 Guineas, was promoted to 6-4 to favourite with Paddy Power for the Coronation Stakes at Royal Ascot. And, while unsure in which direction she is heading, Saruas said the winner was destined to stay at a mile. You've been listening to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from across the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, and join us again next time for the racing news. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, that was Dave Wilson with all the racing news, and now let's see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, we'll start at Ascot, where there are seven races on the flat with a 130 start, eight races on the flat and over the jumps at Haydock with a 135 start, seven races over the jumps at Hexham with a 140 start. 8 races on the flat at Lingfield with a 150 start. 7 races on the flat at Nottingham with a 155 start. 7 races over the jumps at Warwick with a 525 start. And 7 races over the flat at Leicester with a 540 start. And Sunday, there are 7 races over the jumps at Plumpton with a 145 start. 7 races over the jumps at Ludlow with a 2.05 star and seven races on the flat and Hamilton with a 3.45 star right it's time for this week's equine superstar run, boy, run. equine superstars this week we're run, looking at run, enable Enable was a bay filly by Nathaniel out of the dam concentric. She was foaled on the 12th of February, 2014 in England and bred by Jagdmont Farms and owned by Khalid Abdullah. He was trained by John Gosden at Newmarket and his total earnings were £10,724,320. Her jockey was always Frankie de and among her major wins were the Cheshire Oaks in 2017, the Al- Epsom Oaks 2017, the Irish Oaks 2017, the King George V and Queen Elizabeth Stakes in 2017, 19 and 2020, the Yorkshire Oaks in 2017 and 2019, the Preeti de Triomphe Triumph in 2017 and 2018, the September Stakes 2018 and 2020, the Breeders' Cup Turf in 2018, and the Eclipse Stakes in 2019. His time form rating was 134. Now let's cast our mind back to Enable's first Group 1 success in 2017, the Investec Oaks.
2: With thunder and lightning surrounding Epsom, they jump away from the stores. Uphill for the first five furlongs here. And pocket full of dreams on the inside of Enable and Sabetsu. Followed in fourth place by Alluringly. Rhododendron in the dark blue jacket settling in fifth place early on. Followed further back by Natavia and then Horseplay, the bat marker coronet at this early stage as they climb uphill. Isabella Urbina towards the outside as they run through the rain. And pocket Full of dreams is out in front, and it looks a brisk pace as they continue on this steep incline. Two lengths, three lengths to Sabetsu in second. Then in third is Enable, followed by Rhododendron. Nadavia is on the inside, then of alluringly horseplay is further back from Isabel de Urbina and Coronet is still just about last. On their way now towards the final mile, and pocket full of dreams out in front under Donica O'Brien, tracked by Sabetsu and William Buick in the all-blue jacket. Frankie has Enable in third then Rhododendron the hot favourite Ryan Moore in the dark blue jacket in fourth place just towards the outside of Frankie Dottori then on the inside is Natavia followed by Alluringly in the bright yellow and black spotted jacket horse plays behind these as the leader continues to press on inside the seven furlong marker Isabella de Urbina and Coronet still at the tail of the field the track flattening out, they're about to run downhill towards Tatnam Corner and Pocket Full of Dreams is going to make this a serious test. Four lengths clear of Cebetsu in second place, then enable in third Rhododendron with a clear run towards the outside of these, followed by Natavia, They're followed by Alluringly and Horseplay, Isabella, Edi- Abina, and Coronet and he's still kicking on on the leader Pocket Full of Dreams, who's kicked away from Cebetsu as they now round Tatnam Corner and it pocket full of dreams by five lengths two in second Sabetsu. then enable in the pink cap rhododendron going well towards the outside the leader folding up and coming back to them now about to be swallowed down by Sabetsu by enable and rhododendron and it's enable and rhododendron battling on here enable and frankie de in the pink cap rhododendron and ryan Moore in the dark blue jacket chased by alluringly back in third both riders going for everything and enable is just getting on top from rhododendron inside the the final furlong, Enable kicks two lengths clear of the favourite and racing up towards the line, Enable for a fourth Oaks win for Frankie Tory in the colours of Talit Abdullah and Enable wins the Oaks. Pulling well clear in the end from Rhododendron, alluringly third and horseplay staying on in fourth. Well, that was
0: the day that the love affair started between Frankie Dettori and Enable. Last weekend saw the start of the classic scene for 2023 and of course we had the 1000 Guineas and the 2000 Guineas bucket up at Newmarket. Richard Phillips will be coming on the show very shortly with his assessment of the winners and the losers and the surprises in the race. But in the meantime, let's remind ourselves of the races themselves, starting with the 2000 Guineas.
2: And they're off. For the Kipko 2000 guineas away, well, Dubai mile in the center. High Royal nose banded Caldean on the far side with flight plan, and they're chased by Noble Style towards this near side. Silver Knot, very handy in the blue white cap Out on the near side. Little Big Bear along with Royal Scotsman, then indestructible August Rodan is just towards the rear. It got a bit tight there with Royal Scotsman. Sharon is pulling hard. Sakir is anchored at the back of the field. It's just High Royal that leads the way to Caldean. And Dubai Mile. far side on the left flight plan, along with Noble Style. Towards the right is Little Big Bear, tracked by stable companion August Roden. On the extreme right is Charon. Raw Scotsman hasn't really settled, probably hasn't had the best of runs. Then Indestructible held up today, along with Holloway Boy, Galeron. and Sack here is still at the back of the field hurtling then down the roly Mother inside the halfway stage heading for the three furlong marker and it's High Royal from Dubai Mile Chaldean far side, silver knot with every chance, then little big bear August Rodan now being asked to improve one from the right by Ryan Moore in the blue and orange jacket on the far side trying to run on his noble style, High Royal wandering in front there from Chaldean, Chaldean with every chance, Royal Scotsman now coming through well on the stand side with Sakhir, the favourite well beaten both the o'brien horses well beaten they run into the dip Caldean far side high royal just can't run straight then behind those royal scotsman and noble style and dubai mile Caldean on the far side out in front the jewhurst winner in the hands of frankie Dottori in his final season and he wins another guineas Caldean wins it from high royal then royal scotsman tie for fourth gather together with dubai mile and one other also noble style on the far side, Caldean wins the Kipco 2000 Guineas. And
3: now, courtesy of Racing TV, here's trainer Ian Balding. It's uh, so the second Kipco 2000 Guineas for this man to my right, Andrew Balding. Huge congratulations, how are you feeling?
4: Oh, brilliant, you know, it's such a, you look forward to a race like this when you've won a Dewhurst, you know, for a long time now and uh, just so exciting and uh, you know, great for Frankie. I mean, what a wonderful ride he gave him and. You know it's it's just a, a fitting result it's yeah. better when he finishes the line on board him, <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> yeah sure he said he had velcro and super glue it's attached so um but no he gave him a terrific ride he's just a wonderful horse what, what, what was your feeling off the back of
3: last time coming here What was it a negative for you i know it's obvious to say it's a negative but was it a negative for chaldean or not
4: well obviously not but i you you don't really know i'd rather have done the race conventionally but um or had the race conventionally but uh the the, the biggest relief was that he pulled up fine out of it and at least he got out and he had a little gallop and saw a bit of grass and you know so not going to start a, a sort of a trend i don't think
3: <laughs> no, no, probably not usual
4: preps yes. Yeah. um what well, take me through your feelings as, as the race developed were you always happy always happy yeah it was just always seemed to be looking like he was traveling comfortably i was just a little worried that you know sheen was is a tough guy to get past yeah. and I was hoping someone else had been riding that horse, but uh, anyway, once he'd mastered him, I was then pretty
3: confident. And and as the rain was falling throughout the day, did you think that might be, I know he's got four months off, but ultimately, did you think he might want a slightly sounder surface in a guineas or not?
4: It was a concern that he, you know, but he got got the trip well in the round, so, uh, you know, I don't know why I was worried. Out and out miler? Uh, He might stay a mile and a quarter one day, but I don't think he'll stay any further than that the Royal Ascot would be the likely next it's oh, uh, okay. the, the logical step. Uh, I think he's had a hard enough race today, so he's in the Irish Guineas, but I, to me, I, I'd rather sort of wait for Ascot, but it's something we've got to discuss with the Jadmont team. Well done. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And now, again, courtesy of Racing TV, here's the jockey, the man himself, Frankie Dettori.
3: Frankie Dettori, alongside me, had a little bit of time to digest now, winning his fourth, and it feels odd saying this, but his last Kipco 2000 Guineas. How do you feel?
5: Uh, my emotions are all over the place I want to cry I want to laugh uh, it doesn't feel real I don't know if I'm dreaming or you know I you know it's my last year you know, to, to win a classic I mean to win a classic any time in your life is great to win on my last year's phenomenal my home crowd my son's here my wife's watching at home yeah I mean what can I say where do you start I've had the chance to really Soak it all up, but uh, yeah, now he's there, done.
3: Did it feel different knowing that obviously this is the, the last? Did it feel different, everything down at the start, your last ride in the Guineas, or, or did it just feel like normal?
5: Funny enough, uh, I, I felt very relaxed. I don't know because maybe uh, I don't have to worry anymore, then this is my last season, you know, or maybe because I've done it so many times, or I know uh, maybe because I'm in a happy place. <laughs> so I really don't know, but I was very chilled. You know, it was also with a chance, so I should have been a bag of nerves, but I was very chilled. And yeah, it just happened. You know, when I got to the top of the hill, I thought I might just finish a good second here. But then once I got rid of Oshin, I was, I was able to really think. It was all coming down on me saying, is this really happening, right? And it was mad, really, absolutely mad. The, the sensation that I got is like, yeah, really bizarre, I can say that.
3: Were you so you say you, you might just finish second? I mean, at, at what point did you did you think we've got this? And I mean, he, he he looked to hit the line pretty hard.
5: Yeah, well, once I got to the bottom of the dip, and he started to quicken it up, I thought, That's it. You, know, uh, I, you know, I you know I was able to really enjoy it because I knew I won. So it was, but it was like up to that moment, I was having a good fight with the sheen. Mm. And uh, but anyway, it happened.
3: And on that ground, you I mean, you you put him in the race from the gates, really.
5: Listen, I stated this morning that it gave me a better feel at Doncaster than he's in the ground than he did uh, in the Joust, and it was a Group One, so I was not concerned about the ground. I mean, old cracks man, he loved the soft ground, um, and most a lot of Frankers do like a bit of cut in the ground. So when it started raining, it didn't bother me. The only concern when it does rain is going to test his stamina a bit more, but. He showed to everyone today that uh, he's got no stamina problems
3: it's funny isn't it you go back obviously the trial it was a disaster and now you <laughs> come and it. now you come here and you you win a guineas so it's
5: just listen each race is different than the highs and lows of races. absolutely that's yes, I shamelessly I rang Andrew Bow and I said can I please come and sit on him before the guineas because I didn't get much of a feel <laughs> first time <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those freaky accidents. Today's what matters, and we got the job done. Mm. Well done to all the Andrew Balding team and John Mont and everybody else that then been part of this.
3: Do you know, it was a real uh, um, a moment to be in the winners' enclosure for your for that flying yeah. dismount. The, I mean, the crowd, like the, everyone here, that won't be lost on them.
5: Yeah, I mean, the, even despite the weather, we had a, a good turnout at the winners' enclosure, and yeah, it was a special moment. And there we were
3: thinking you might be in Kentucky today, but you're here. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah you're right. Uh, and I said on a lot. If I had a good Kentucky derby horse I would have rolled the dice, but it would have took a good one to take me off Chaldine.
3: Glad you're here. What well up Subscribe to Racing TV's
5: YouTube channel
0: So it was Chaldine who took the two thousand
6: guineas with Frankie De Tori on board. Now let's switch to the one thousand guineas they're off, racing for the Kipko 1000 Guineas, Tahira not the best of them, into stride Matilda Picot is one of the first runners to show, Queen Me is in a prominent position as well Sweet Harmony and Morge are leading the group towards the stand side, Naomi La Paglia is up in a prominent position also as they begin to settle down two groups, but a yellow cap of Matilda Picot is the clear leader the group on the left, on the right is Sweet Harmony, Morge and All Royal Blue is not far behind her. Mama's Girl, and uh, with her is Olivia Marauder, a prominent position. And then uh, the yellow of Stenton Glider, not far behind the leaders as they begin their journey now, already down to halfway, with Matilda Peacott having the advantage to Naomi La Palia and Queen Me. Lazu's on that far side, with Polly there as well, and Queen Me on the extreme right. Sweet Harmony and Morse leaving there to Mama's Girl. Tahira, she be about end. Uh, 8th now, making her run. Remarque behind her. And then Colm's dream of love as they head bend down past the bushes now. Tahira in the green, chasing Morge with the Mamma's Girl towards the ride in the contention as well. the not far behind on the far side of the course. And still Matilda Peacock with a little bit of a chance as well. Heading down into the dip now. In blue, Morge. In green, Tahira. This pair are clear in the Kipko. 1,000 guineas. Behind them in third place is Matilda Matilda Peacott and it's Moj in the blue colours, fighting on strongly. Tahira the green jacket, but it's Moj just in front of Tahira. They're well clear from in third position, Matilda Peacock and they're followed in by Carnaval. And
0: now, once again, courtesy
7: of Racing TV, here's trainer Saeed Surur. Kipco 1000 Guineas has been won by Morse, trained by Saeed A Very well done. She's not the biggest, but she was all heart.
8: Yeah, she's a big heart. I mean, you saw her last year. She's a group to winner here in England, and we take her to Dubai. She's unbeaten two races, even seven and a mile, but she come back here to win a, the Guinness. That's a great result.
7: Uh, is it true that you've just brought her back recently from Dubai?
8: Yeah, she, she, we give her a break after yeah. when she won a mile race. That's uh, the Jameera Guinness. Yeah. Then uh, there is no races for her and like a World Cup meeting. Then um, it could be only there is a race for her, Yoi yeah, Derby, that's in the dirt, the then uh, we talked to Mohamed, uh, we talked to him in the Guinness, we brought her straight to her, and luckily she won. So
7: she's just landed back in the country recently?
8: Yeah, that's two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah.
7: Wow. Um, she was clearly very tough. The, the runner-up, we knew it. she brought a high level of form to the table. You're miles clear of the rest. She's clearly very talented.
8: She's tough, filly. as a mile. You know, she's uh, a nice filly over this trip. As If you look at her size and her she shows, yeah. shows speed. But uh, as a mice, sister, stay. We're happy with that.
7: So, by exceeding Excel, will you, Irish uh,
8: 1000, seem the obvious option? This is an option from options. Yeah, could be.
7: And for you personally, obviously, to, to be back here with a, another classic. It's
8: great to see a moose come and win the Guineas is a good result for us. Fantastic result, very well done. Thank you, sir.
7: Thank you. And now here's jockey Oshane Murphy. It's the first ever Kipco 1000 Guineas for Oshane uh, Murphy. How's that sound?
9: Uh, Incredible. I I thought I had a really good chance uh, when I was booked for her and then I wasn't sure with the rain, uh, how would she cope on this ground? But the word from Saibin Saroo and his uh, team was that she was in incredible shape and uh, it was brilliant to be part of it. She was really
7: tough. The second, we know got a high level of form. You're miles, miles clear of the third.
9: Yeah, two top-class fillies. Uh, it's lovely to see a classic like that as well, when they pull clear and uh, show their class. Uh, she travelled so well through the race. Uh, she never pulled. Even to post, she was asleep. And um, I got out well, and I had loads of options, and I just got into a rhythm basically in a straight line, uh, very uncomplicated, uh, and she travelled into the dip, and then it was just about, uh, you know, keeping her going.
7: Mm. Um, A couple of days ago you were saying you you couldn't ride winners here.
9: Yeah, but it was true, you know, I had uh, four full race days uh, with no winner here and lots of chances, and then Timesius Fox won yesterday, Running Line one earlier, Mm. but this is a different level.
7: Different level. Um, And obviously what's happened coming back from your ban, nail a classic so early in the season
9: yeah beyond my wildest Mm. dreams i had a really good start back but thanks to lots of different Mm. trainers supporting me particularly andrew Balding, uh you know loads of people but george bowie remember he he put me on mr cut on a big day in saudi and um yeah just to get back in in the big races with a crowd here uh it's it's a great feeling
7: Hugging your mum on the way in, number one supporters here. Yeah,
9: my dad's in England as well, uh, but he didn't come today. It's fantastic for them as well. Uh, Memories, you know, making memories, uh, and they'll be thrilled. Um, She's by
7: exceeding self, so even the ground would have been a worry. Going forward, we saw her at Maidan, she's just going to be a a top-class miler. Is that what you see her as?
9: Yeah, I think so. I think she just has lots of class. and, um... And a miler trip. Yeah, that was a true test today on yep. holding ground and I hit the line as well as Tahira, you know, um, so I'd be very hopeful that she can be, you know, dominant at a mile and hopefully she stays in one piece because uh, that was a
7: great performance. It was a great performance by by horse and rider, very well done.
9: Thanks Now well,
0: There we go, that was just to jog your memories as to how they finished up at Newmarket in the 1000 and the 2000 guineas. And now, we're going to join Richard Phillips up in Gloucestershire with his opinion on both the winners and, of course, the overall races as well. Plus, we'll be looking at the Derby trial at Lingfield coming up this weekend. Well, good afternoon, Richard. How are you? Not too bad, Agent. Jolly good. Bad, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Have you had a good uh, weekend of racing last weekend? Yeah,
8: it
10: was good. As uh, anyone was listening last week, will know that Morge was my tip. Um, yeah. In the 1000 guineas, it was, um, yeah. So she's a pretty impressive winner, uh, beating the favorite Tahira, who was uh well clear of third, if it were. So I think the first two home were pretty good, the pretty fast 1000 guineas, even though the ground
0: was on the soft side. So I think the first two are pretty good, yeah. And uh, of course, the old favorite Frankie Dettori, winning on um Chaldean, yeah,
10: yeah. Chardin was the uh, most impressive winner. and uh, never looked like getting beat, really. Went on nice old gallop all the way. Kept going. O'Brien fans, he very disappointed. Um, they didn't seem to come at their best on that day. So, uh, eight O'Brien eight says put a line through that. So, we'll see what happens to them in the future. But they were two great guineas, but they're on the softest ground. So, um, I think that made a bit of a difference.
0: But it's unusual for Aidan O'Brien to come over to these sort of races and not go away with the prizes, isn't it? Well, there was a difference, as you
10: would know, because he couldn't fly over in the morning of the race like he normally does. Right. So he actually walked over the day before, and he's thinking that might not have helped their cause, as it were. So uh, how much that had to do with it, uh, we won't know, really. But it was different normally they fly over the morning of the race and they threw it the day before because of the coronation yeah and uh, there was a slight different um uh, than they normally have so that may have contributed to their performance
0: yeah and uh, and now of course we switch to next weekend and uh, quite another busy weekend yeah
10: absolutely um we've got the, the Lingfield. uh it's been pulled off on the turf so we've got it on the all-weathers now so we've got the Lingfield derby trial uh, which has got a few interesting horses in there. We don't know the final runs, but uh, the entries have been Circle of Fire, which is the St. Michael Stout horse that ran really well uh, at Newmarket recently. So that's one for the king, um, Circle of Fire. And we've also got, um, you know, other horses in there, including the um, Darwey, a horse by Cracksman, uh, O.C. Murphy rides that through Boarding, Military Order of Charlie Appleby uh, and Bertinelli coming up from Aiden O'Brien. So it's an interesting one, but it's a different type of race because they're basically running
0: on the all weather rather than on the, on the turf. Yeah. <clears throat> and O'Sheen Murphy and uh, Andrew Balding certainly seem to be you know, a, a pretty powerful combination these days.
10: They certainly are. I mean, O'Sheen's a very gifted man. He's come back from his um, band from last year. Uh, he seems to be all guns blazing, as it were. He's a brilliant horseman, and Andrew Boarding is a great mentor to O'Sheen. And um, the Boarding Camp really are—I mean, they've got a fair few horses, but they do their job very well. And have a classic winner with a son of Frank, or was fantastic achievement for the Boarding Camp last Saturday. But O'Sheen is a big part of that
0: team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you mentioned there's a French uh, French 2000 guineas, is it? 1000 guineas? Well,
10: there is as well. We've got the um, Oaks trial as well um, at Lingfield, but Be Happy is the favourite there, for no O'Brien. But that doesn't, the Sea of Roses race, uh, O.C. Murphy and Andrew Boring again. But the more interesting race will be the French 1000 and 2000, where possibly Never Ending Story goes for the French 1000 to the O'Brien Valley Door camp. Uh, she was pretty impressive last time out when she ran um, at uh, Lekastan, so it was pretty impressive that day. And also, um, we've got the French 2000 Guineas with Hans Anderson and Isaac Shelby, who uh, was very impressive in the um, at, in the Greenham at Newby recently. Also, Oswald Paddington, who was quite impressive the other day at the Carrot of uh, Aidan O'Brien. So... The classics are really coming out. We're getting lots of clues for the the Derby and the Oaks. But the the French equivalent, these guineas, are going to be very interesting affairs. And Hans Anderson, I think, is a really interesting horse from the Valley Doyle camp. And it'll be interesting to see if he goes there. Or actually for the Dancu, because we've got the Dancu next week, along with the Isadora. Open Derby trials there at York uh, midweek next week. So loads going on.
0: Uh, have you seen anything yet that you sort of quietly think that could be a good bet for the Derby?
10: Well, Arrest was pretty impressive this week. He could be Frankie Torre's ride. Uh, he won the Vars at Chester pretty impressively. Um, and uh, he, he's a big, strapping son of Frankel. He was on very soft ground and hard to way up the form, but he looked pretty impressive. And if the ground has got a bit of cut in it, which it normally does at Epsom these days, uh, they walked it pretty well there, whatever. Uh, Rex could be one of the favourites for Derby, and uh, wouldn't that be a result? Frank, i his last year riding with the Epsom Derby. And, of course, there was a very impressive winner, save the last dance with the winner of the Cheshire Oaks, Ryan Moore for 8 O'Brien Again, very soft round, but won by 22 legs. So now a very short price favourite for the Oaks at Epsom. So, yeah, loads going on, lots of form to look at, and lots of uh, wages to be had, but uh, it's... The classic picture was always fascinating,
0: and it's getting a bit clearer now. You mentioned Save the Last Dance. I mean, that was one hell of a win in, one, I mean, 22 lengths, you don't often see that in a trial, do you? You don't,
10: but you don't have to have a brand of soft as that. They went quite fast early on, and you know, a few of these other horses sort of fading away, turning in. But she was most likely impressive, so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what she does... Um, around Epsom, but um, she's a very short
0: price favorite now yeah absolutely okay then richard well thank you very much for all of that and uh, we'll we'll speak with you next week when i'm sure there'll be a few more twists and turns in the story absolutely
10: a lot to look forward to and a very interesting weekend and look forward to speaking to you next
0: week thank you sir you're a star thanks very much no problem Thanks, you thank you bye-bye bye-bye well, that was Richard Phillips over in Gloucestershire, and now we're going to catch up with Rod Millman down at Cullum. Well, morning, Rod. Um, must have been a bit of a frustrating weekend for you, because you know we were speaking about the horses that you got lined up last weekend, and uh, obviously with Salisbury going, that was three of them went for, you know, didn't didn't run. No, it was very
11: disappointing because we had um, probably We had potentially
0: three winners, you know. Yeah, but, quite. Uh,
11: they always saying that.
0: I mean, but, um, yeah, we had three, three. We, we fancy strongly, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you obviously set. You know, you you pick a race that you think you're going to win um, mm-hmm. in in advance. I mean, it, it must be very frustrating and annoying when all the work goes in to getting them right, and then suddenly the race isn't there. Well, it's, it's nobody's
11: fault. It's very annoying, but you can't help it. You know, you can't race on unsafe ground, and and that's part of part of English racing, I'm afraid. That's yes. the good thing about all of the racing. Um, the, the 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 going is standard, you know, in post off, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you when you I mean, is there a lot of work entailed in in you know if you pick a race specifically that you think oh. you've got a good chance of winning? I mean, how do you go about getting the horses? Is, is there any special technique to it?
11: Well, you train you try to train the horse to peak on that day. So all, yeah. all his work, all this work for the previous uh, fortnight. Is geared to run on that day, you know. Yeah, quite. But the trouble
0: is, so you see, it's uh, you get like a love jam because, like, you take it. We've got 14 2 year two-year-old fillies. Right. So we we'd allocated races to, to ten of those over the next six weeks. Yeah.
11: And that was their races, and they would run there, and then they'd run, run a couple of weeks later in the next race, and you try to keep them apart because um, when you when you when you're a trainer, you have owners, horses owned in different different. Uh, partnerships
8: and yeah. It. And
11: owners, owners don't mind being they Don't really like being beat by anyone else, but they hate it when another stablemate beats
0: them. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah.
11: Because um, especially if you have a first and second. Yeah. Well, as far as the owners concerned, it's a waste of opportunity if you only run the other one out of one.
0: Yeah. No. And if you
11: can avoid, if you can avoid that, that's um, that's what most people do. Yeah, right. And, and you take the race on at
1: uh, Salisbury on Sunday. I'd allocated one particular horse and other horses is going to run in the, the race next
0: couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, now she's become available now to run in those races, so it means oh, I've got to the shuffle shuffle the pack. Yeah, quite difficult, isn't it? Difficult. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, looking at the last five runners, you've had a second, two winners, and a third and an eighth. So, I mean, it's going well nonetheless.
11: Oh, the, the, yards, the yards are in great form at the moment. Yeah. Um, one of the best form you've ever been. Yeah.
0: I mean, in the last 50, 54 weeks, I think we had 53 winners. <laughs> well, that's good, isn't it? guys? you can't knock that. And you've so got uh, you've got Forever Dreaming today up at Chelmsford. Uh, good chance?
11: Well, she's a very difficult ride, but Pat's one of the most experienced jockeys in the race, so I'm yeah. hoping you'll get the best out of her. i fancy her to run a nice race.
0: Right. Right. And then what about tomorrow? Crooked Crown and Abel Kane.
11: Well, most of my tools tend to improve a lot for their first run. Yeah. So that's why we're getting a run in her. Um, it looks a very competitive race. Um, she's a nice filly. Her, her main target is the super sprint. Right. That's why, that's why Hayley Kern has been booked today, because um, she does a low
8: weight, and this filly would have a low rate in a super sprint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Ross is on uh, Abel Kane. Abel Kane's
11: a good horse. Um, He is, he is always... Vulnerable to an improving, 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 young horse. Yeah. But he'll have his, he'll have his winners this year, I'm sure.
0: And then Mullins Beach on Saturday.
11: Yeah, he's off there. He's had, he's had experience. I mean, the main danger there is uh, the horse of Michael Bell's. Yeah. Which ran really well first time out and then over raced second time i'm hoping he'll over race again on this heavy ground
0: on saturday then we'll come and do him but you never know these things no quite right how's this sort of in this weather is all a little bit up and down is it having many any major problems for you well
11: yes it can because the horses the horses all this up and down temperature doesn't help horses to come in their summer coats no and also it, it can cause lung infections sometimes oh ah, right
0: well um <clears throat> thank you for that rod uh, best of luck over the weekend and uh, Let's hope you get keep the, you know, keep the old train rolling along. Well,
11: like I say, it's been a fantastic year so far. It'll be very hard to keep up this uh, level of success as the season goes on, but we'll be trying
0: hard. I'm sure you will, and I'm sure you will succeed as well. So thank you for that, Rod. Appreciate it. And we'll speak to you next week, OK? Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Rod. Yes. Cheers for well, now. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Uh, I'm from Columpton with Rod Millman. We're going to catch up with the cheeky chappy Colin Brown, of course. Well, good afternoon, Colin. I hope you're having a good week.
12: Yeah, and a very good week indeed. I hope you
8: and all your lovely listeners are having a good week
0: as well. Well, I do hope so. Yes, why not?
12: All helps, doesn't it? All helps.
0: So, where are we going today? We're going to start at Haydock, is that right?
12: Yeah, there's a mixed meeting at Haydock. There's four flat races and four jump races. Um, good racing. A, race, a meeting that I was used to go to years ago, um, without much success, I might say. But um, it's one of those. You know, good prize money, sort of early season uh, race meetings. It almost should be still part of the 22-23 race meet for the jump there. But, um, yeah, we've got a couple of horses up there that I quite fancy. And then we'll go to Leenville. We've got the Derby and Oaks trial, of course. Um, the Derby and Oaks just, what, ooh, three, four weeks away, three weeks away. But um, the ground's so heavy there. They've had so much rain this week. That they've got to run the trials on the all-weather. So, for me, that's just like... I ain't learning a lot, really. But, anyhow, you get to run into them, and if they are not to a run at all, the then that's OK. Then we'll go to Ascot. That's where I'm working at Ascot. I could have been at Lindenfield, but can't be in two places. So, yeah, let's crack away um, in the 135 at Haydock Park. And there's a an horse awesome I liked at Cheltenham. Didn't get beaten very far at Cheltenham um, in the per-tempts. And it was well fancy. One of J.P. McManus called Thanks for the Help. Hacked up time before Chepstow, and then got beaten the Cheltenham, but only eight lengths, and then went to Sozzle, um, where he won easily the other day. He's around about six to one. I think he's a big price for the 135. Uh, number 13, lucky for some. Thanks for the help.
0: Okay. That we like there.
12: Right. Um, the second race is a flat race. Over seven furlongs. And... Uses Paul O'Brien and I've put him up as a bet, he trade that around about five to one, and that's at haydock part. Um in the three yep, the three fifteen. Okay. Right. As I'm just scanning over the rest of them, um here. Haggis is in good form and he runs off at one at left the other day by four and a half wickets. Before that it was four Migration at Donnie in the Lincoln called Alma and I say that that one will win the 350. So that will be our lot up there at uh, Haydock Park. Yeah, eight race cars, a long old day, but mm. um, there we go. Right. Better to be racing than not. Um, I think we'll move on if you like to um, Ascot. Okay. And, uh, do you like a Peroni? I don't see you do.
0: Um, it's not something i you know i i'm not a great lager drinker either. i told you what i drink it's vodka most of the time
12: yeah you do yeah they're very expensive uh, nice, you know, you? Mm, uh... I mean, i'd be drinking too much of that i was drinking log i mean mary wouldn't mind i don't know if mary's ever had a peroni or not but she knows where they came from because they come from where you know where my son got married in um, italy last year so peroni country um so I think Mary's more of a gin person, to be perfectly honest. And doesn't mind the odd swig of cider when the weather's warm.
0: Whatever you say, Colin. Whatever you say.
12: She's dying to meet you,
0: yeah? Oh, yeah, well, we'll have to get it set up then, won't we?
12: We're in the Maybe if you could cycle over one day the old place wouldn't take too long with
0: it. Yeah, well, don't expect me to cycle over to Gilligan because that's not going to happen.
12: <laughs> <laughs> there we go, right. We are... At- good racing at Ascot. The uh, yeah, Peroni have pushed the boat out here for some very good sponsorship.
8: Um,
12: what wins? Gosh. Well, I'll tell you what was quite impressive the other day when it um, won, and that was a horse called Surumi, and um, he could win again for Richard Hannan. Richard Hannan's also performed, and that's Surumi. Not, he's a past winner of one of these big handicaps there at Ascot, but so he's won. Well, not without a chance. And I was just listening uh, to a little thing the other day about David Amira. and and uh, I think um, David Amira's also got real good chances. So I wouldn't put you off having um, having a little pick of one of these, because he said, to be honest, you know, they all get their turn, and you know. He's throwing enough mud at the wall, some of it sticks. So, you know, he does often win some of these big handicaps, and sometimes not always with a sort of much factoried horses. So give it a go. It's a hard race. Okay. Three tennis, the novice stakes race. It's a competitive race, a two-year-old race. Um, you know, trainers that win with their horses first time out. People like Charlie Appleby always do well first come up, he runs a nice uh, horse here, is That that they called most beautiful, that won plenty of races that cost only 625 grand then um, you've got a ready winner in the race by 6 a little softer ground the other day and that is um horse trained by Carl Burke called and Swagger, he'll be pretty good to give the penalty away, but at least he's had a run, uh, I suppose and the jockey puts up, called Pierre-Louis Jamy Takes off a handy three pounds, um, so we'll go for Carl's horse. Because I think when if the ground's going to be a bit off the top side, there, a bit tacky, I reckon this horse has had a run It puts him in good stead. He won by six lengths here, Valor and Swagger. He's called, and he runs in the three ten there at Ascot. Rightio. It's a tough old day, but it is brilliant racing as always. No, no better place to be than Ascot, to be honest. Uh, Ascot and Goodwood on the flat where I was last week. Uh, just brilliant um, places to be, I think. Love it. Um, right, what else have we got for you here? I think we're probably going to move on to Lingfield now, listeners. And um, Lingfield Park Saturday's racing, where are we? Or weather racing. What's our at 150? Um, yep, so we've got the. Uh, Philly Stakes race there, the Charter Horse Stakes. Then we've got the uh, Oaks Trial, and then we've got the Derby Trial. Um, in the <clears throat> 225 race, this is
8: the Philly Stakes, the Group 3 race. Um, one or two quite useful Phillies in
12: this. Um, and <clears throat> I think the horse that I think they've probably all got to be um, is a horse called Sacred. Uh, this one's trained by of Gaines. And second to Poga at Newmarket, um, end of last year. Won nicely at Newbury the time before that. Barely runs a bad race. Was turned over by Sandrine, a good one, could uh, turn over Sandrine this time. Number four, and it runs in the 225 at Lingfield. Right, the Oaks trials at three o'clock. Um, ooh, and four. And we've got a few runners going to post those competitive little race. Um, one or two quite nice horses, in it. it? Um, Sunset Point from the Charlie yard um, Eternal Hope, another one from Applebee's. They've both been winning. And then Be Happy uh, is going to possibly be the favourite. She was going Song Clue fifth of the last year, one at Cork. Um, she's one of No Primes. They normally come over and try and make one of these uh, races before going on to the Oaks or just making up their mind what they might run in the Oaks but um, I would say she's probably take the beating be happy she's called and she's ridden by I'm not sure but trained by Aidan O'Brien
0: OK presumably
12: ridden um, by Ryan Moore well might be you know they, they, I don't know I don't know but um, Aidan he's, he's only won one of these Oaks trials actually in the last um, 10 years but he always targets these was one alone. And Gary Moore in those sort of tricky handicaps and whatever. And they've both got sort of runness in the last two or three races. Um, I'm not gonna put a bet up in the last couple of three races, because I just think they look too hard, but it's it's a good card down there and if anybody's thinking they live near nearest Lingfield, what should we do Saturday? Go racing at Lingfield. It really is fantastic. So enjoy.
0: Okay. Now before you finish what did you think of the 1,000 and the 2,000 Guineas winners?
12: The 1,000 Guineas winner was owned by, um, a, 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 should I say bred by um, by the Whitsbury Manistat, by Showcasing. So, um, by Ifrage, uh, no, I'm not sure if it was Ifrage or Showcasing. But it was, um, it was very, very good racing, wasn't it? I mean, I think both horses... You know looked to be like you know got a big chance um going to the oaks and the uh derby going forward i think they're both
0: very good of course it's got a future um yeah what did you think um well i certainly thought that frankie on Chaldean, you know look look the part um but uh they're difficult races aren't they they're difficult races to pick but you know, they've both got to have a good chance, haven't they? Let's be fair.
12: Yeah, I mean, you know, that uh, I just get that breathing right. Marriage is that uh, is, is um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, and no, I'm talking rubbish with three manners, I'm get mixed up, but um, anyhow, don't matter. My childing was good because obviously, if Frankie just want those things, um, you know, if you ridden a horse twice out of those stores, they wouldn't fall off second time, he's just got a little bump and lost his arms anyway. he went. But he ran very well up against Isaac, um, whatever he's called, um, Isaac Selby, uh, who, uh, you know, actually he finished up sides him. and Isaac Selby gave him nine, <laughs> gave him nine stone two bands, because he wasn't carrying a jockey on nine stone in But Isaac Selby, talking about guineas, runs in the French guineas the weekend, he's trained by Brian Mears, I think he'll win. So that's the horse's, the loose, Charles Dean finished up the went on to win the 2,000 guineas in England, and I think Isaac Shelby win the 2,000 guineas uh, in France this weekend.
0: OK, well, thank you, Colin. That's very good. And uh, hopefully you and Mary and me will get a few winners on Saturday.
12: Let's hope for a few winners. I've narrowed this straight down the back of the snow. As soon as they open, I'd say Saturday getting her bets on the doubles and trebles, and sitting back up to make a, a tidy few bombs.
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Thank Let's you, Colin. Hope,
12: uh, listeners, have a great weekend. And uh, don't forget, Isaac Shelby will win the I think.
0: i say will win the class. No. OK, mate, that's fair enough. And we'll uh, catch up with you next week.
12: We will do indeed. Take
0: care. Well done. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was Colin Brown. And Colin's bringing to an end this week's show. So thank you for that, Colin. And uh, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today. Hope we brought you a few winners. And we'll speak to you again next week. Goodbye for now.